a quick disclaimer. This is our intro episode to explain things. It's not going to be funny. If you are completely in the dark about sex and don't know anything, this is your basics episode, so you know what we're talking about in future episodes. If you're looking for the funny and your experience with kinks, move on to episode one. Folks, welcome to KinkCast. This is episode zero. For clarification, this is not the first episode ever recorded. We're actually recording this near the 52nd episode, so we're almost a year in. So but we, just, we did feel that it was important that after discussing sex so much, we should probably define the you know most basic stuff. Because yeah. we have been treating this stuff as you know self-explanatory, and it's not. So this is a prologue episode that's going to be the very first of our chronology. Just understand, if you continue listening past zero and you go to one, you're going to be traveling back a year. So the cast might change up. The uh, quality might be a little bit different. And I we might it's be... always us three, though. It's well, always been us no, three. you drop out. I drop out for two episodes. Yeah. I just want to make it clear, if you do end up listening to the rest of the series, everyone who has ever been featured on this show... We are still very good friends with. Mm-hmm. No one ever left the show on bad terms. Anyone we can call up and they'd still hang out with us. People only ever left the show because of work conflicts or it made them uncomfortable. But Tommy doesn't speak for me. I'm not friends with Tommy. <laughs> so this is KinkCast and it is a sex positive fetish show. We it should is, define what that means. It is, expo- it is exploration of alternative sexual lifestyles and sexual fantasies in the lens of being positive in the lens of celebrating these things while not being ignorant. We're not being judgmental, but we are also finding the humor that exists naturally in everything. This is not like an NPR special that's just talking about everything is beautiful. If something is ridiculous and zany, we're going to make a few jokes about it. Right, but we have fun and we're also like encouraging people like, hey, if this is your thing, you should check it out. Um, and, you know, enjoy yourself. But we're not, like, bashing you for the fact that you're into something that might be a little bit different. And different. if this sounded like an advertisement, it, it really much is. <laughs> uh, the, other, the other big point is we're not ignorant and we don't celebrate all forms of sexuality. There is kind of, it's the idea of when uh, Simba is being told everywhere where the light touches Yes, there are places where the light does not touch. Even we have hard hole. limits. <laughs> no, we're very, we are very about the bottle on this show. Uh, like anybody that participates in kinks and fetishes, we have hard limits on this show. Yes. And I think that those are pretty much defined as the show goes along. So if you are interested, if you're, if you're kind of novice to sexuality and you want to listen to a show that's going to help open you up and get into some new stuff, this is going to be our basics episode. We're going to discuss the basics of BDSM, the basics of consent, the basics of safety. Some episodes are very serious and some are goofy. But <laughs> a lot of very Let's goofy. dive right in. I'm actually going to, uh, we're going to start with a game to introduce ourselves because we three are the horsemen of the apocalypse. We've been in every episode except for me who took two weeks off when I was doing something. You've taken a few weeks off. You were writing your novel. I was writing my novel. You've taken sure. more than that off. You're We're writing the next great American episodes. novel. <laughs> Anyways, I wanted to open this game with, we talk a lot about um, if you were attending a Eyes Wide Shut style sex party, or if you got an invitation to an orgy, and if it was thrust upon you to pick out the playlist for that, what would be on your playlist? Please state your name as you answer the question. <laughs> okay. Dana. Am I going first? Yeah, plan your plan your sex party. Um Dude. Okay, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go hardcore and I'm probably gonna say um Oh gosh. What's that? 
Shoot, now I can't even think about it. I'm having to like Creed. look up a song. No, somebody else go first and come is back that, to is me. Is that sucking on my titties song? No, sucking on my titties because you wanted me calling. Oh, fuck the pain away. That's a different song, also. Oh, oh that is called is it? Fuck the pain away. I it? thought it was called fuck the pain away. Uh, they might be a remix. Anyways, um, okay, let me see here. My, I'm having to go to my sexy time playlist. I think I actually have my answer ready to go. Okay, um, window. No, no. I mean, you can't yours, but that's not on mine. Okay, it's I have, very chill. Do I have to just choose one? No, it'd be a playlist. It's a playlist. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Uh, Coming undone by Corn. That's a good like laying it down. That's kind a of side song. of you have never seen in this entire series. <laughs> Are you serious? Comes so hard, you fall apart. Um, I didn't say that. Um, I have Evil by Interpol on here. Not gonna lie. Yours is an intense party. I don't know if I want to go. <laughs> I have Fuck the Pain Away on here as well. <laughs> this is an actual playlist. Uh, Tear you apart by uh, She Wants Revenge. Okay, so uh, sucker I- for pain. I'm Tommy, and on my playlist, I was going to just have Father John Misty and Beach House. Oh, there Both you go. very chill, very ambient, <laughs> with some sexual undercurrents. I guess as, like, the night went to, like, to darkness, it would probably be um, more like Depeche Mode, and kind of like some, like, 80s new wave. Like the Euro, the Euro, the Euro thymics, the Eurythmics, the Eurythmics, thank you. Uh, really, really just sweet dreams on loop for two hours. Um, have you seen the music but video all for that? the different covers, right? No. No, no, sir. Just the original? Just the original. Okay. I'm not a big fan of Marilyn Manson. Shit on me all you want. That's an opinion, man. Chris, <laughs> what's... Also, what What are you catering? Who's your caterer? We already talked about... Sorry. We haven't already talked about... In a future episode you'll be listening to, we have discussed the food that we will provide for a sexual... Sex party. party. <laughs> long okay. Snickers bars? But what about your playlist, Chris? Yeah, that's difficult, because I don't listen to much music except for sad music. You'd have Johnny Cash. So, Johnny Cash. Ring he sings fire. a lot about murdering women. <laughs> Does he? He sings enough about murdering women and how, like, I wear a black jacket because there's people in the middle of the world who don't know Jesus. Hurt. And I it makes me sad. I don't think he does. He said, The Man in Black is a song about how Johnny Cash wears black because he's depressed all the time because people in the Amazon don't know Jesus. That's the that's that song. That is what that song means. So, uh, Tommy's a conspiracy theorist, if you haven't figured that out by now. <laughs> that's what the song's about! <laughs> I think this reveals a lot about our personalities, just right here on our, like... Except for mine doesn't reflect my personality, I guess. You have a wild side. Yeah. You're so, very uh, you're very Dana Scully. But it would have I'm some Dawes. There's the Dana, and then there's Zool. There is no Dana. There's only <laughs> Zool. Uh, yeah, some Dawes. Probably a lot of them. Uh, Corey Brennan. He's good. For banging. I don't know who any of these people are. To encourage banging. This is All I can hear is your oh, drink To encourage... Well, it's a sex party. You gotta make the sex happen with your playlist. Oh, just like I mean, a St. Louis marching every band. Every time I have sex, I'm dumb. sad. Some Marvin Gaye. <laughs> There we go. There you go. So not to get too personal, because a big part of the show is while we do discuss sexuality, we are good friends with a show called The Trisexuals, Mm -hmm. and they're much more open about their sexual lives. We make jokes, and we we are very humorous, but we do not 
explicitly get into our own sex lives because we believe there's a professional distance there. It's really just a flavor of this show and a flavor of who we are. So we discuss our opinions and we analyze, but we really don't delve into personal experience that much. Uh, it's Except for when it's convenient and kind of funny. Or when it's very, it's very light. I, I don't we know. We can laugh at ourselves for some of the things that we've tried. Yes. How about that? Because I definitely that. have. Well, and that was going to lead me right into my question. You've never had a situation where, like, the roommates were being too close to the door, so you had to, like, put on some music? Yeah, you. Okay, I'm sorry we lived together. I'm sorry you had to put some music on. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You've lived with both you of us? You have brought... Go ahead. You... Go ahead. You and... And... Listened at my door while I was having sex That's once. That's not a thing. It happened. Did, did they, like, shout, You like, did that! I was a very young child. Did they shout, Your like, girlfriend's I roommate... I want this cut. I want all of Why is this? This is not getting cut. I want this cut. This is not getting I'm cut. Did they cheer you on? Like, yeah, buddy, get it! No, I didn't hear... I didn't know anything about it until the next day. Oh. That's it. That's, yeah, that's, that's cool, all we're going to talk about. At least there. they didn't, like, it's shove not score, getting cut. Like, they didn't shove, like, scorecards underneath the door or anything. See, I'm secretly a prude. Much like, much like Dana is very analytical on the outside and inside as a wild child, I'm very funny and crazy and zany. But Says he's funny. I, I am very aware of my funniness. I own it. I'm fucking hilarious. You I'm what keeps funny. the people coming back. Thank you. I'm the Kramer of this group, and there is oh, no Jesus. Jerry. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's uh, not someone you want to compare yourself to? He, I, oh, you're just trying to tan my hide. What music do you want to listen to? I already said. A bunch of people no one listens to. Right. Corey Brennan, listen to him. He's sad. You suck. You should listen to Courtney Barnett. She's got lots of songs about lizards and... Getting lost, Dan and eating some kombucha. I love your accent right now. Thank you. It's very impressive. I'm, you Courtney, I'm Courtney Barnett. I'm very funny. He's listened to a lot of New Zealand podcasts. Okay, so... Courtney Barnett. We have awesome. our playlist. Oh, well, why are you now doing New else? Zealand accent then? We have our playlist. Now what else do we need to know about the show? So I would actually like to go around and get a little bit more serious, and I would like to ask uh, what sex positivity means to each of us, which is a little lame, I know, but, like, that is the cornerstone of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, Gosh, I feel like I had the perfect I kind of had mine written down. Oh, good for as, you. like, sex positivity is not sex ignorance. It's This show very much promotes being open-minded, but it does not uh, promote just foolishly wandering into things, is that... A lot of times, people will confuse the idea of trying new things with being unprepared, mm-hmm. which people should be able to discuss sex with their partner. That's sex positive. People should be able to discuss things with their inner dialogue without them freaking themselves out. Is It's finding out things that you like, learning about them, doing research, because we live in the modern age. People research a million things. They research... Uh, details about the car before they buy it. They research a restaurant for 20 minutes, but then they won't ever look up anything about sex because it makes them uncomfortable. Um, sex should be researched. And not all sex research is pornography. Right. Um, yeah, there's a lot of shame involved around sex, and it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do, and I feel like like branching off of your definition of sex positivity, I'm going to steal that. Like, Frankly, it's about being willing and open to seeing what all sex has to offer, like, and being supportive of other people in their own sexual, uh, journeys. Whether it's role play or physical sensation or even pain. Yeah. 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 Well, but also 
like just, I guess, being open-minded, like not judging other people for the kind of kinks that they're into. Um, and that's reciprocal. I feel like it's a, like the sex positive is also a, a community of people that can explore their own sexualities as they develop, um, you know, well into adulthood because people's kinks and things change over time. Um, like, I think that that's kind of what that means is just being encouraging of others and, and respectful of others, um, and their own sexual journeys and being open-minded about yours and other people's. So I think that transitions us straight into one of the most important parts of the discussion, and that is BDSM. Mm -hmm. BDSM stands for bondage, dominance, sadomasochism, and one of the... Hold on. It stands for bondage, dominance, or discipline, submission, or sadism, and masochism. Okay. I actually did not know that. Um, One of the greatest misunderstandings of BDSM is that it's all violent. A lot of times there's theatrical elements. There are some BDSM acts that are entirely theatrical. They don't have any pain at all. Uh, and that's kind of your Fifty Shades variety. BDSM is probably one of the most in- misunderstood things by the sexually curious. And it is kind of used as a catch-all. Yes. Yeah. Like it's fast. It's used as an umbrella term to be like, all kink is BDSM. Which isn't necessarily true, but based on language and everything, you know, it might as well be. Also, it's a concept that's propagated by yeah. popular culture yes. as being a catch-all, and also, like, the dirtiest thing you can do in the bedroom is like, BDSM. Your yeah. kink might not fall under the B, D, or S, or M, but it's going to be called that. Mm-hmm. That It might not necessarily be that, but it might be called and that. And so BDSM to a layman is going to mean whips and chains. Mm-hmm. And so it's the idea of uh, a dominance and a sub. is Someone is being submissive sexually and they are being quote-unquote tortured. It's not real torture. No one is actually being bound up. This does not support violence as long as people are being communicated with each other and have safe words. So before we get into defining some of those roles, should we talk about consent before partaking in any kind of kink? Uh, I wanted to go into BDSM basics with just the footnote on consent being safe words and not manipulating people. Just because someone says yes, does not, you can force a yes out of someone through intimidation or through annoyance. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually want to throw one quick thing in, I guess that I've said on several episodes that I'd like to establish for the whole series Please don't use this show to convince someone to do something they don't want to do. If someone has expressed that a kink, a partner said, I don't want to try this, there's a threshold of bringing it up. And I don't know what that time frame is, but if someone says they don't want to do something, it should be dropped. It should not be reiterated because it's not quite a full on violation of consent, but it is fucked up to try and manipulate someone into something they don't want to do by showing the media, by showing the pornography of it. So just think, see, it's normal. See, try this. See, do this. Well, it is important to normalize it, but I, like, by all means, use the show to normalize something. But yeah. at the same time, uh, no, never use it to be coercive, I think is what you're getting at Yes. Here. Okay. It's, and that is a delicate thing because it's, it's hard to define being uh, coercive. coercive. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to really put a line on that. And it really just comes down to basic empathy. Mm-hmm. And it also comes down to someone being willing to stand up and say, I can normalize this. I can watch this. I can respect this. I don't want to do this. Right. And setting your own limits and knowing your own boundaries. Yes. And communicating those effectively. Yes. Okay. BDSM. Are we just going to do the, the good old dictionary read-off? Well, I want to start with uh, what defines our show. Okay. 
So, uh, we are kink cast. Sometimes so. called kinky cast, wrongly. <laughs> uh, and not fetish cast, which is... Doesn't roll off the tongue. No. Uh, so, the two broadest terms are kink and fetish. People use those interchangeably. They pretty much are interchangeable, but not exactly. So when it, when you like boil them down, we, a kink is an unconventional sexual interest. I like to say it is more of an act. Okay. So it's not like an object. It is what you are doing. Okay. Because a fetish is a sexual interest in a particular stimulus, which is specifically an object. Usually, and actually I believe the definition of fetish is of a non-sexual origin. So and in the past of the show, we've actually described internal versus external sexuality, which I think can be used, applied with these terms in the sense that a external kink or a fetish would be more sexually attracted to the feeling or to the texture of it. Is that correct? Like the old metaphor I had was... Uh, no, no, no. No, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. So it's, it's act versus object. It's noun versus verb. Okay. So I guess so, what I'm discussing is an entirely separate thing. So yeah, a kink is like, you know, fisting someone is a kink. A fetish is being attracted to the fist. That makes sense. It's not the, you know, you don't want to necessarily be fisted. You just think a fist looks really great. I don't know why fist was the first thing that came to my mind. Because we're the fucking kink cast? But yeah, those are the differences. It's it's an act versus an object. Well, and I, I mentioned internal versus external sexuality, and we did an episode on people who are sexually attracted to trees, and the best explanation I had for that was an external fetish would be just being delighted by the texture. So someone fucks a tree because the sap feels good, and then an internal fetish would be someone fucks the tree because the spiritual or metaphorical idea of fucking a tree turns them on. Yeah. And then most fetishes fall between those two. Uh, it feels good, and it's also the idea yeah. of it. But the, sometimes they're the, exclusive. Yeah, the difference is what you were describing is physical versus spiritual or emotional. What I'm describing is an action versus an Strictly object. definition. Yeah. yeah. And yet you, you do hear stories about people who um, will find themselves bisexual and they are sexually attracted to women, but they physically prefer the feelings of having sex with men, though they're not sexually attracted to men. And, and that's just one example of how there's a difference between the f enjoying the way something feels and enjoying the way something makes you feel. Okay. Those are two separate things. So like a mental kink versus a physical kink. Yeah. There's different ways you can word it. And it's an idea that seems foreign. There's really no way to nail it down to a term. Mm -hmm. But that's something you'll see. And especially if you're novice to sexuality or if you're just coming out of being uh, in the dark about how BDSM works, about how sexuality works, it can be confusing that someone can enjoy the way something feels or enjoy the way something makes them feel. Mm -hmm. That's kind of an, not, I'm not going to say an advanced term, mm -hmm. but that's a bigger idea than... Yeah, no, it's, that's a, been a very common thing in sexuality where it's like, you know, I, I'm not saying I, 
but like a using lot, a theoretical eye. Yeah, a lot of men when like they enjoy things being put up their butt because uh, prostate, you know, prostate feels good. You can listen to an episode where we discover that women don't have prostates because we're not the smartest. <laughs> oh no, I already knew that. I'm, I'm not. It was sure. me discovering. Yes. I'm pretty sure a lot of people didn't probably know that. But yeah, where you can discover with Tommy and <laughs> I never claim to be an expert. Grow right? with us. Anyway, we're on this journey too. <laughs> but a man can enjoy the feeling of something being inserted into their ass, anus, whatever. But that doesn't mean they're gay. That just means that's the what they—that's what they like. Well, and I, I think we'll discuss this closer to uh, safety basics, or I don't know where we'll discuss it. But we are very LGBT positive. Um, one of the things I've struggled with on this show is, especially when you get into kinks, it's very easy to fall into heteronormative language, um, and also like binary with genders. Mm-hmm. It's not meant as any disrespect. I I don't have the discipline to adopt like a GJ non-binary type dialogue. Uh, and I guess that's just an apology towards trans individuals. Uh, it's, it's out of laziness. It's easier to discuss sex from a heteronormative point of view, but that does not mean we don't discuss at length and have respect for folks who are gay. I mean, it's well, not even, even a hetero cult consult people. Like we've had people on the show that can represent a, a different take on a lot of the things that we discuss. Yeah. And I think that it's also important that we note right now that we think it would be disrespectful to consider homosexuality an alternative sexual lifestyle. I think at the point we are as a country and as a as a general consensus on psychology, it's not an alternative sexual lifestyle. It's just a gender preference. But I also think whatever gender you consider yourself, you should embrace that. Yes. You should not deny that and you should embrace it as much as you want to like a lot of transphobic folks use the, the, the excuse that it's contradictory to say that gender doesn't exist. And there are more than two genders. I kind of follow the philosophy that gender is kind of whatever you want it to be to yourself. And you just kind of have to respect that in others. Yeah. Well, and it's a spectrum. And I think yes. that it depends on, you know, whether you find yourself somewhere on the spectrum or completely off it is, you know, when people and get people so do. hard set in their definitions, I think it's a spectrum that's not only scientific. It's also a spectrum that is spiritual. It's also something that is social. Mm-hmm. You you have different masks. We all have different masks that we wear in different lights. And I believe that you could have different gender type personalities. This is getting into more of an area that is yeah. more speculative. Is, yeah. Probably for another episode, but yeah. Yes. We have, we accept all of any gender, we accept right you. In, right we accept in. you, and We're we love you. We're not going to be mean. We want to hear what you're doing. But we want you to if be If you like also, sex, we like sex. We just want to talk about sex. If we <laughs> use the wrong term, or if we lean towards the heteronormative, we're not trying to offend. It is a lot of the research that has been done based upon this is very heteronormative. It is very much based around the, that concept. So when we bring something up, it's it's not to offend or anything. It is because that is the research that has been done before us. There's also a really bogus claim out there 
uh, especially for folks who are brand new to sexuality, that only men have fetishes. And that was actually something we tackled on our very first episode, Feet, the episode that comes after this, is it talks about, well, only men have feet fetishes. And it, it's the idea that he, uh, heterosexual men and homosexual men are the only people who can have off kinks and odd sexual lifestyles. And that's complete and total bullshit. There are women who are attracted to other women's feet. There are women who are attracted to men's feet. Anyone can have a psychological or a physical kink. It is not no any kind of relationship or gender. Mm-hmm. That's a har- I would say it's a harmful stereotype that's a little bit ignorant of women's sexuality mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So after getting very far off very track from uh, our definitions... Chris, what did you think of Star Wars The Last Jedi? No. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, we went through kink and fetish. I think the most important thing to go over is the broad umbrella term of BDSM. Uh, so BDSM, as I believe we have mentioned, yes. means bondage, domination, discipline, submission, sadism, or masochism. There's a few bonus words hidden in there. You think it's only going to be four. Now, you was wrong. If you were like me, you never actually looked up what sadism and masochism meant. So you just thought of them interchangeably. No, I know what they mean. That's the I said, if you were like me, not speaking to you. Speaking to the audience. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. I am the I'm your audience right now. So, uh, sadism is specifically inflicting pain. You get off by whipping someone, by, you know... You take pleasure in someone else's pain. Yes. Masochism is from receiving pain. I was not positive about what those terms meant until earlier today. Wow. Really? I assumed what they meant, but I did not know what they meant. Which is what's important, and the why we're doing this whole episode zero is because it is a whole thing where you know people don't necessarily they assume what things mean, don't know what they mean. Yeah, and you can actually be in both of those camps. Frankly, um, you don't have to just be a sadist. You don't have to be just a masochist. You can also be both. And the which, term is sadomasochism. There we go. And I, I think which I want to actually... go ahead. So we also have the uh, the D and S, which is the dominant and the submissive. Which kind of fit under Sato. Yeah. yeah. So dominant is the one who takes charge or is in control. Submissive uh, relinquishes control and is uh, not in charge. But just to be clear, in a homosexual context, this is not a bottom or a top. Yeah, that's different. They're, people use these interchangeably with a bottom and top, but they're not. A dom is not a top, a bottom. So, what Dan is bringing up is a switch, which is, which can be both a dom and a sub, or and they can be a sadist or masochist or a sadomasochist. But I want to throw something. But those are separate things too, because sadomasochism deals with pain. You can be a switch, which means you can be a dominant or a submissive. You're good at both. You like both, and that has nothing to do with pain. That's what I mean. I want to I want to throw in some clarification here, and I, I think it's kind of like fetish and kink. I think that dom and sub are roles, mm-hmm. and I think sadism and masochism are feelings. Exactly. And what I want to clear up here next is is this is actually something we struggled with at the start of the show, and that is you see a fetish and you say, oh, this is the result of psychological damage or trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a very harmful idea. I feel bad that it's something that I expressed previously on the show, and I will mention in future episodes, unfortunately. But uh, 
Just because someone is a quote-unquote sadist does not mean they have serial killer tendencies, does not mean they're frothing at the mouth ready to shoot up a school or work. Uh, You can enjoy hitting someone in the face that you love with all of your heart, and it's a nice feeling because you're not killing them. As long as you take proper safety procedures and you're not being an idiot, you can receive pain and you can give pain. It's healthy. It's happy. Happy. It's just like a more intense feeling of tickling. Right. And it's also two things. It's cathartic, uh, which means that it can help you process um, emotions that sometimes um, this is like a, a therapeutic kind of way to um, let some of those emotions out is through sadomasochism. And then also um, it's, it's, okay and safe to participate in sadomasochism as long as you follow up with proper aftercare, which just literally means if you are the dominant, you take care of the sub. Um, if you are inflicting pain on someone, you make sure that you take care of them after, um, the scene or event or whatever have you, um, is over with. It's not hate filled. People who are into BDSM are not sitting around wanting to devour each other and hurt each other to take out like a, a revenge from their childhood. It's a very loving community. It's very much simulated. It's a, it's threatening by appearance, but it's very much like people going to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's gimmicky in a way. It's cute. It's campy. Mm-hmm. To go even one step like further, you were talking about aftercare. I would like to point out there are some doms that feel very bad afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily a dom taking care of a sub. Oh, true. I a sub physically. needs to take care of the dom as well. Sure. Emotionally, at least. Well, I think... To let them know that, you know... They're this, fine. This is acceptable. This isn't... You don't need to feel bad about this. Aftercare is pretty easy to find. It seems like it's, it's pretty intuitive what that means. Aftercare is important for all sexuality, even vanilla. Oh, yeah. And, and you will find people who are very closeted from their own sexuality and that's not to say it's that's not a gay accusation they're mm-hmm. closeted from their own feelings and these are people who will fucking run and never talk it does not matter who you who your partner is even if it's a fantasy that's just one-on-one mm-hmm. it's important to reflect on sexuality once it's over so you can grow from it learn from it find out if you're causing issues how to fix those issues and you can enjoy sex more and explore new things. Think about what you liked and what you disliked and where your limits maybe are. And yes. if you felt something that was uncomfortable, that way you can communicate better with your partner or partner. If you're adult I, enough to have sex, you should be adult enough to talk about it. Sorry, I didn't mean so to cut you off. I think the most common sentence or question in afterplay is, did you come? <laughs> <laughs> and that is a form of afterplay or not afterplay. Aftercare. Aftercare. Yeah. Where, you are asking someone about the sexual experience that you just had. Mm-hmm. Now, we keep, if you're completely in the dark, you're from an alien planet, you don't know what BDSM is, we're kind of being vague about what it is. And we keep saying it's an umbrella term. And so it's, it's you can put it into subcategories where you would have uh, some folks like to be slapped, as simple as that, like spanked, slapped, that's kind of the oldest and most cliche. You do have whips and chains. You mm-hmm. have dirty talk. Well, let's, dirty talk, talk. let's start at the beginning. Bondage. Yes. That's ropes. That's restraints. That's tied to um, a ceiling. Tied to a ceiling. Turned into <laughs> like, turned into a table. Yeah, I, I was going to say there's a lot of different ways to define bondage. So I actually don't like the term BDSM because of the bondage. Okay. Okay. You personally? Well, it's because the DSM part is very comprehensive. It it does encapsulate a lot. Okay. The bondage part doesn't. 
encapsulate as much as do you know what I'm saying? BDSM is, is a smaller subset. BDSM belongs under the umbrella, not part of the umbrella. The B? Kind of. Yeah. Belongs the, under the, the BSM. The B in particular. Okay. Because bondage, what this term does is try to encapsulate everything. Or that that's how people see it. Mm-hmm. And the DSM kind of does. There's a dom, there's a submissive, mm-hmm. there's a discipline, there's you know sadism and masochism. Those rule; those roles all can kind of be defined when we're looking at stuff. Bondage doesn't necessarily have to be part of every kink. Yeah, I, I get sure. what you're saying. It's That's, kind of like it's like if BDSM was BDSMP and the P stood for puppy play. Yeah, and it's like no, that kind of belongs under it. That's, that, that's a sub saying. Like the DSM kind of does help encapsulate everything. The bondage feels like it is much more restrictive than the DSM part is. To me, BDSM just means... Bondage (laughs) means being tied up or bound, obviously. And BDSM really just means inflicting pain or taking pain. And not everything's going to involve being bound. Not all BDSM acts are going to involve someone having a hand tied or handcuffs. Handcuffs are the big cliche staple. Not everything's going to involve someone tied to something. That's just not in everything. Sure. There's puppy play where people dress up as horses and trainers. You can slap somebody without being bound. That's actually pony play. Sorry, my mistake. No, you're fine. Oh, let's move into the D and the S. Well, I guess we kind of talked about that, right? Yeah, the dominant and submissive. Let's just go through some Uh, dictionary terms. We went through the switch, and uh, the next term I want to talk about is a scene, which is a particular kink, the culture around it, and its practitioners. So like a genre. Yeah. So it it is it's mostly what the show's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's like pony play. It's like So we'll talk about the culture, we'll talk about the movies, we'll talk about the products, we'll yes. talk about the people that are involved in it, we'll talk about how many people are in public groups online for it. Yeah, and the you scene. know, there's no Indiana Jones who's going around and making these official or doing a census. Mm-hmm. Don't so, take that away. <laughs> uh, a lot of times when you're looking into a, a scene, it's being uh, it's being catered to by someone who's kind of online and deciding what these terms mean. The more obscure a fetish is, the more obscure it is under BDSM, the harder it is to really put a solid definition on things. Or even outside of BDSM. Yes. No, absolutely. And so that's what's lucky about the bigger a fetish is, the easier it is to define. Our first episode is about feet. Mm-hmm. Feet is the most popular fetish in the world. So the terms are there. Everything is very easy yeah. to define. It's very clear cut. There have been psychological studies. You move into something like emetophilia, which is sexual attraction to vomit. It's been written about. There's been three or four cases. There's a FetLife post that has like 30 members. Mm-hmm. So it's harder to nail down. It becomes more ambiguous. There's one emetophilia celebrity. But those are, those are scenes. The scenes are, if you're not going to find this shit on Wikipedia. You're going to have to find a website or a book. But I should also make a point that scene can also refer to a sexual engagement as in like, um, I'm meeting up with a few other people that are into this particular kink to partake in a scene or like a small, yeah, like event. a, like an age play or role play. You are, you know, playing roles. It is a scene in the sense of media, like a mm-hmm. theatrical scene. Yeah. yeah. You guys are playing parts. Right. Real quick, another harmful stereotype. If you are brand new to all of this shit, just because you are into BDSM does not mean you are having a thousand partners and you are fucking everyone left and right. 
There are plenty of monogamous couples who've been married for 30 years who are into BDSM. They do not swap, wife swap. They don't do any of that bullshit. They just are into BDSM. Now, if you are having a bunch of different partners, as long as you're being safe about it, there's also nothing wrong with that. Right. We don't slut shame. No. So, next up, we have limits. Limits. So, I have... I'm mostly those. Limits and hard limits. Yeah. Uh, so we, uh, limits and soft limits and hard limits. There we go. Uh, it's where someone won't go. Where a soft limit is where someone might go under the particular circumstances, mm-hmm. but it is still somewhere they don't want to go necessarily. You know, if they're in the throes of, you know, whatever, they might be like, okay, let's, let's go there. Yeah. A hard limit is somewhere where someone will not go. So it's like a threshold. And I think this is something that's communicated between people that are actually participating sexually with one another to actually discuss and say, Hey, I am into this kind of stimulation, but don't go past this line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times BDSM, you may have situations where it's required for the role play that someone says no. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a different no, which is uh, where you get the idea of safe words. Which is the next definition. And then it's the next definition of safe word. Safe word. There may also be safe signals because uh, breath play is actually one of the few fetishes that we did not wholeheartedly suggest. We believe it's a little bit too dangerous. But still, there are situations where, especially in bondage, where someone's mouth may be covered. Mm -hmm. And in those situations, a hand signal may be required. For sex to be safe, not just from STDs, but safe from injury, um, there needs to be a way that the sub or the dom can signal that they are in pain. And that can be outside of BDSM. It's not even that they're in pain. They're uncomfortable. That they're uncomfortable. Yeah, they they don't want to continue. It can be emotional. It can be physical. It can be outside of BDSM and be something like extreme face sitting, where a person can suffocate. Right. It's not that these things so are off limits. And I will say that and as like, a show, no face sitting is not extreme. It's an extreme version of face sitting. So I think as a show, we definitely support the use of of hard limits and safe words to definitely um, signal the fact that those have been broached. I mean, even say um, even soft limits, like yeah, it's irresponsible to go in without them. Yeah, and if somebody says, like, the safe word or gives the safe signal, back away completely. There's this, I mean, a soft limit is essentially, like, the point at which a, if we're going to be using the terms dominant and submissive, uh, that a dominant has to stop and be like, do you want to go further? Yeah. Like, are you okay? It's, it's you know, a checkpoint, essentially. It's weird. People are willing to have sex, but they're so afraid of communication that they won't sit down before. And there are people who think that this kind of like, you're making a contract, which is actually something in the bullshit Fifty Shades movies. I, but I mean, sitting down before, if you're going to get into hard play, you should sit down. Really, if you're going to fuck anyone, you should sit down and have a conversation uh, beforehand about the sex itself, rather than just that what happens in the movies where you stare at each other and jump in. It may take a little bit of the romance out, but it's a hell of a lot safer. Mm-hmm. Next term. Uh, slave and master. <laughs> so, uh, Dana, I'm giving that one to you. We're starting to drill down a little bit. Slave and master are pretty much dominant, submissive. Uh, it's a little bit harder of a term because it implies a yes. lot of control. I think this is an escalation of control from dominant and submissive to a slave and a master. This may slave. leave the bedroom. What was it? Slave master? Slave masters. But... This also can involve the collaring of a sub and dominant, which means mm-hmm. that it's exclusive. 
Um, and anytime you collar someone, essentially, that's kind of like ownership. So I'm also going to like put my own stuff onto this. Yeah. This seems to me like it is taking stuff further outside the bedroom. Sure. Yes. So whereas dominant senses might only exist within the bedroom, this might be taking a step outside. Mm-hmm. There so are you're having chastity equipment, you're having collars that someone has to wear, that kind of thing. There are there are sexual relationships that do leave the bedroom and they may go into a sense of Where it's still a form of role playing. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean and and a major part of Slave Master is that is so incredibly exclusive, mm-hmm. so incredibly domineering. There has to be those breaks in communication and there has to be safe words. Oh yeah. And as long as they exist and as long as they're communicated about, everything's fine. Right. Now I think there are some instances where to make a relationship feel as authentic as possible and because the people don't want to have that contract experience, they'll go through a third party. So that third party can make sure that both partners are safe. Mm-hmm. Which is actually not a terrible idea. Most folks are mortified by the idea of having a third party involved in any kind of fetish, unless they're into like, you know, watchers being mm-hmm. watched. But um from Buffy. Yes. <laughs> but Giles. uh No, it it's the idea that you make sure that those things are always there. If discussing it makes you uncomfortable, you can go through a third party, but is, you can go as, as gnarly and nasty as you want, as long as no one's getting permanently injured, and as long as it's being communicated about. Let's keep that list well, rocking and fucking rolling. That comes to our probably two most important terms. Okay. Uh, which is SSC. Let's do that one first. Uh, which is safe, sane, and consensual. Yep. So we mentioned this a lot on the show. Um, especially once we discovered it, we started using it quite a bit because this is a term that's used quite often in the fetish and kink community, um, meaning that you're taking into account your participation in a particular fetish or kink, um, and you're considering the fact that you are sane, that you aren't like, you know, inebriated, that you are of sound mind, (laughs) um, to really take on the roles or, or the things that are required in participating in this particular kink. Well, also that the act is not too ludicrous. True. Yeah. Like, that's, if someone wanted to play with tasers, that's going to be a violation of both safety and sanity. Right. Or of the one that um, is where you are putting yourself in a dangerous, possibly, situation where you could get killed. Yes. That is a kink, but it is also broaching upon the sane. I mentioned <laughs> also earlier, the safe. you can go, you rule everywhere where the light touches. Right. And everywhere where the light does not touch is outside of the SSC. It makes a triangle. Safe, sane, and consensual. Yeah. Bad sex, unhealthy sex, harmful sex that is bad for the world, bad for yourself, can lead to violence, can lead to STDs, is outside of that triangle. Right. And it's important if you are thinking about a fantasy, if you're thinking about doing something the first time, and it's not something where there's not a lot of research out there. Mm-hmm. It's really a scene in which you're a pioneer. You really just make that triangle and you ask, is this safe? Mm-hmm. Is it sane? Is it consensual? Does it violate any of these three protocols? Right. It's like the big triangle. I like the way that you explained that. Um, and of course, safety, we talked about that, uh, I think, pretty well. But making sure that you're... Um, it was someone you trust. Yeah. With someone who has, you know, the, who understands your limits, who you've communicated with. Um, or you've taken other precautions. Right. Or, or like, you're also employing the use of safety devices like you have condoms or you have, um, you know, whatever kind of... You've been checked out by a doctor. Yeah. 
Yes. Especially if you're in a non-monogamous relationship. Right. Yeah. And then, so that would be like safety and then also consent. I'm going to throw just consent, which is the most important of those. Consent can be applied through everything outside of BDSM and inside of BDSM. Consent is, and this is, people roll their eyes at this because it's what's taught on college campuses. And there's the like, I don't want to name names, but there's the very much the conservative attitude of like, shut the fuck up about consent. I'm tired of hearing about it. It's important. It's very important because consent is not just a yes. Consent is of sober mind and consent is not only willing, it is happy. Mm -hmm. If you nag a person into bed, that is a violation of consent. Right. If you whine a person into doing something they're not uncomfortable with, that's a violation of consent. Withholding and bargaining are violations of consent. And so consent is not only saying yes, it's saying yes happily and willingly. And every time. Right. I think I've, I've actually had discussions with people who've had trouble with the idea of, and this is a huge stigma that so many fucking people still have trouble with, especially heterosexual dudes. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the idea of she hooked up with me once. Now I can fuck her anytime. Right. And just show up at her workplace or just text her anytime. Mm -hmm. Consent is for each and every sexual act, right. whether it's vanilla missionary or whether it's an extreme kink. Okay. Can I comment on one thing? Yes. I think consent, as we've been discussing, is kind of a dirty word. A lot of times people find that it's very difficult to communicate and ask for consent because it's not sexy. It is very sexy. You just have to say it in a whisper. <laughs> you don't have to say, do I have your consent? Like you're a police officer arresting someone. You can say, is this okay? Yeah. Are is it you, okay if I touch you are here? Are you uncomfortable? Yeah. Do you want me to stop? Can I take your pants off? And just in situations, yeah. it doesn't have to come to a full stop contract moment. It's just a matter of being smart, being slow, and not being socially ignorant, looking at, like, body language and hand signs. And if you have difficulty with that kind of thing. communicating, yes. which is the most important part. Yes. That is SSC. So, what's our next one? Rack. The risk-aware consensual kink. So, that means when you're partaking in a particular kink, you know the certain risks that are involved. So, you've already communicated with somebody you're, that you trust. Um, say you're going to participate in something like playing with fire. Um, or playing with hot wax, you're aware that the risks are you might get burned. Breath play. That's Pyrophilia, another one. if you're going to engage with fire in, in the bedroom. Um, and it, it's a fact of life if you, if you want to do that kind of thing. But people would frown at that and say that that's disgusting. But at the same time, you can apply the concept of rack to sports. Is like jogging is very low on rack. You're not going to die jogging. Meanwhile, motorbike, like if you're into fucking jumping hills on a, on a, on a bike, that's kind of a risk-aware sport. This might kill you. And as long as you're aware of that and you try and be as safe as possible, you're accepting that risk because you like that thrill. There's nothing wrong with that thrill. There's nothing wrong with liking to, with enjoying scuba diving, just like there's nothing wrong with enjoying something like pyrophilia. Right. So rack literally being aware of the risks involved in that particular kink and also gaining consent from anybody partaking in that kink before participating in it. So being aware of everything before you jump in and play with fire or whatever. That was good. That was clever. And so our next term is going to be dungeon, like a dumb John <laughs> or, Oh, it says dumb dungeon John. dungeon. What's a dungeon? Uh, I think it's like little John's like, 
A dungeon? Not fun, brother. You're I trying. I don't know what you're trying to do. A dungeon well, is basically a John place. Is one of the- it's a place. It can also be referred to as a playroom. Um, it's really kind of kink-specific. Yeah, it's kind of kink-specific. Um, I guess if it's... Like, like, if you have a balloon fetish, which is totally not BDSM, like, you're attracted to people rolling around on balloons and popping balloons, mm-hmm. you could have, like, a balloon dungeon. Yeah, a balloon room. Because, like, dungeons aren't really a thing in real world anymore, so the word dungeon has kind of been bought by any kink that wants to use it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's any space where you actually practice your it's a play area. fetishes. Yeah. I mean, it's a threatening version of a play area. I imagine playroom being more goofy, mm-hmm. fun times, and dungeon being a more serious whips and chains type thing. Sure. But it's interchangeable. Yeah. I mean, it's all about role-playing, though. Yeah, it's all about role-play, people being comfortable with what community you belong to. Right, and it all depends on the fantasy you want to partake in. Which leads us to... My next term was fantasy, which just kind of its own general umbrella term for things that are not BDSM. Yeah, anything that's been inspired by a JRO token. No, but it could be, 100%. Dungeons and Dragons? But this is just going to be role play. I think it's the idea that someone's sexual identity does is not have to be indicative of other things. That sounds very vague, and the way I want to put that is if someone is attracted to characters from a children's cartoon, yes, I'll even say that's odd, but that doesn't mean they're a pedophile. Yeah, they're Folks who are into role-playing like as age dogs. Play. Age play does not mean they're a pedophile. If you are attracted to pretending to be a dog or wearing a dog costume, that does not mean you are into bestiality. Mm-hmm. And it's wrong to make those leaps. It's it's a role-playing thing. Yeah. Um, just like, you know... One of the things we've discussed on this show at length is these things are not harmful unless they the, the individual personally feels like it may lead them to do something that is, that is wrongful. Right. But as long as the individual knows the difference between fantasy and reality, that fetish is not harmful. Age play is harmful if it's someone who really wants to do the real thing and they're pretending. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Someone who's just into age play, and that's but, just like, and it's separate. It's entirely separate. Well, I think the fantasy is actually like the the mental concoction of what you're into as well. Like yeah. if you want to dress up as an elf from Lord of the Rings and you know, have sex with somebody else who's dressed up as a dwarf. Like, it's about the fantasy. It's about what's mentally going on in your brain as well as what's happening happening physically. So, fantasy is not indicative of escalation. Yes, right. that's a really good way to put yes. that. Where um, you, you know, just because you're into age play doesn't mean you're going to escalate. Sex is very much a stage, especially for folks who are into kinks. And... Just like you can play a character on stage, you don't. You're not going to walk off stage and become that person. That's that's a very very small risk of some sort of mental lapse. Um, if you are into any kind of situation, well, it's being simulated for a reason. It's a game of pretend for a reason. And I always go back to the idea of video games. There are teenage boys who will sit in their bedroom and they will murder one million people in an afternoon and they're and ne- full grown adults and they're never <laughs> but they're never going to hurt anybody right. and it's the same idea of you can have a partner who pretends to be a horse and you can fuck them and you're not going to go fuck a real horse right. you can play around with age play which at first i was very opposed to but as i really got into it and really researched it they're not going to do the real thing they're just fucking around and playing with relationships mm-hmm. age play of course is being when someone is acting childish mm-hmm. um I wanted to go really briefly just into stigmas, into when you first discover a fetish, the outer crust is exploitative. doesn't matter what the fetish is. BDSM and feet are really becoming the first fetishes that are just kind of being accepted and everyone's cool with it. 
but you especially look at stuff like uh, the stuff that's ridiculed, like uh, clowns, like clowns. Some folks who are sexually attracted to clowns, bronies. Bronies are a great example. Not all bronies are sexual, of course. Christian. Not all bronies are actually bros. Yeah, uh, but anyways. The outer layer is always going to be a stigma because National Geographic will always come around the corner and say, hey, this dude's a sexually attracted to balloons. Let's do a documentary on him. They show up at his house. They put dumb music under him. They take unflattering shots of him. So what we're saying is taboo. But it's not always that. It's the worst. You can watch cringe compilations because people will always want to point and laugh at sexuality before they can embrace it. Right. And it's, it's very easy to point and laugh at someone's sexuality, but more often than not, it is a person who's being victimized and being exploited, which is why people should be... The outer shell of a soft candy inside. Yes. Sure. Like, you're going to see... When you look up a fetish, you're going to see creeps. And we used to, in our first few episodes, we actually talked about creeps. It's not worth our fucking time. There are going to be foot fetishists who are weird basement-dwelling assholes. There are going to be bronies who are smelly and gross. There's going to be folks who are too into BDSM, and they're all like about blood and guts and gore. That's not what this is about. Yeah, Those are the people being made fun of. Those are the outliers. And they're not indicative of the heart of the community. So we've got three really good resources for you if you want to get more into the science of things or more enjoyment out of them, really. You've got FetLife. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great resource. FetLife is a fantastic resource. Um, it's an online community of people that like to participate in fetishes and kinks um, of all different sorts. Um, you know, a lot of it is, I don't know, a good place to get your feet wet, finding out more about what you're interested in. And there's no shame. This is completely a, a community of kinksters and people that are sex positive willing to discuss with you um, the different kinks that you have or may be interested in. You know, and it, um, it's also a great place to find other people in the community near you. Yeah. Um, and if you want to meet up and participate in a scene or meet up with other furries or meet up with other people that are into a specific kink that you have, um, this is a great place to meet up and um, kind of explore those kinks together. <laughs> uh, after FetLife, which is this just .com or is it .net? Uh, it's just uh, FetLife.com. Really, you know, just Google it. Um, or Yahoo it, whatever. Um, after that, we have another show that we are very fond of called Trisexuals. Yes. They are a little bit more nitty and gritty than we are in the sense of, as their name implies, they actually try these things. Mm-hmm. There have been episodes where I showed up having done very little homework and bullshit <laughs> my way through the whole episode. They don't get to do that because they've done it. Yeah. They literally, they literally try out sex toys and review them and talk about the different ways that they can be used and enjoyed um, across the gender spectrum. And I'll go ahead and say it. They're funnier than we are. <laughs> they're, they're very funny. They're fantastic people. Uh, lastly, Tommy are funny as fuck. Sometimes. Lastly, uh, if you want to... Um, yeah, they can all see you smiling. Lastly, if you want to send an email to us or social media. Yeah, we love hearing from people. We love it, especially when we're wrong. So uh, we've got a Facebook Uh page. You can find us at KinkCast Podcast on Facebook. Uh, So uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at KinkCast Podcast on Twitter or uh, email us at uh, KinkCastPodcast at gmail.com. Sorry for using the word weird back there. I'm not into any alternative communities. I you like just, the word weird. You just weird. haven't found your type yet. Like, once we find, like, you're going to be I like giantesses. Let me Hold tell on. you what. You're going to be into... Well, you were what? kind of... You had a furry persona. 
Well, we all made personas. I know, but you it seemed didn't... like particularly I was very excited happy about yours. I was a pink bluebird. I liked it. That's a good taste of what's to come. Uh, I have nothing else. We'll see you on the next episode, which takes place in a year. Bye.